I just saw um, my brother uh, recently and um, our niece, um, Sophia, who's adorable. She's six years old. Very cute. Uh, is she six? She's four. And she's four years old. And she has a favorite show right now called Spirit. And it's a Netflix show. It's, a, it's about a horse. It's a cartoon, uh, a horse named Spirit. And this horse, so she also has a favorite stuffed animal, Sophia does, named Spirit. It's a little stuffed animal horse. So remember all this information. So we go to a grocery store, and uh, Sophia's being bad. She's, you know, like taking things off the shelves and like throwing them on the ground. She's running around yelling and stuff. And my brother had a moment of weakness as a parent, and he yelled at her, which is not funny. That's not nice. But what is funny is what he yelled. So he gets down on his hands and knees, grabs six, uh, four-year-old little Sophia, and he screams, if you don't start behaving right now, I'm gonna take away your spirit. <laughs> and nobody in the grocery store knows who Spirit the Horse is. Nobody has any idea. All they, all they do is just, all they hear is just a man grab a little girl and threaten to take away her soul. <laughs> Three aisles away, I just heard a guy go, Jesus Christ! <laughs> One of my favorite things I've ever seen. Now that I'm a married man, I, I don't, unless I have a show, my... It's funny, my time, when people ask me, when do you usually go to bed? It varies between, if I don't have a show, like 11 a.m. So 11 a.m. <laughs> you are getting plenty of sleep. I get, I only sleep. It's a hibernation. <laughs> I go to bed at 11 a.m. But if I do have a show, it's like 2.30, you know, a.m. Right. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you. you but this is, this is a show in a way. So kind of, yeah, this is, I guess it is a it's show. a thing. It's a thing. Um, it's definitely a thing. It was easier to book during the pandemic when everything was closed. I can tell you that. I, yeah, that is you know? one thing I don't miss. Um, it's funny. I have a podcast with no guests, not because I like the format, but because it's easier to do Yeah, <laughs> because you don't have to, it's one less job. Like that is yeah. an interesting thing about doing, a podcast or you know whatever you want your career to be now it isn't just hey i'm a stand-up comedian you're yeah. also a booker a, an audio editor a yeah. podcast host an engineer there's just so many uh fucking tiktok <laughs> editor <laughs> you know yeah. like a social media editor there's so much it needs to be extremely self-sufficient to be successful you know like uh, yes if you're waiting on somebody to do something for you or what I've, what I heard during the pandemic and saw during the pandemic a lot was mm -hmm. people like, um, offering to do things for folks. And then it just got like really expensive and like, or, uh, you know, putting somebody on their network or whatever, it doesn't do shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it, 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 you almost can't put any barrier in front of you to get it done. And that includes learning some shit, like learning yes. some skills, you know, which will benefit you in the long run. Like, it, look, like the thing I, I was thinking about was like, how many comics do we know who like could probably do voiceover, but they don't because they have, you know, they don't get a good microphone or whatever. So it's like it forces you to like do things that you can 
actually make money from anyway. Yeah. It's really and good skills. That's a great point. And not even just make money from off your own stuff, but then you can offer those skills to then not do things in a timely manner for other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's weird. I, yeah. Fuck dude. But it's, it has gotten like, it's hard to book for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I, I don't, I do, uh, I'll do like a solo episode if I don't have a guest, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but, um, I just like the, the guest ones better. And now that I have this studio, I can kind of have another person here, but you know, it's like not that convenient <laughs> to come, to come out here. Um, well, it's I, anywhere where to your point, I think people are so used to now doing things remotely. It's yeah. why, and it's, I would love if I was, and you won't pay for my plane ticket and in, in interest for, of pure transparency, <laughs> Matt is cheap and won't pay for my business class plane ticket to come use the studio. But if I was in LA, I would be there in a second, but yeah. now yeah. I do see, Oh, whether even if you were around the corner, it's well, that's a a, a 30 minute plus mm-hmm. parking commute, which I can use to edit my own podcast or, exactly. you know, go for a yeah. jog or whatever. So, yeah, different world. Yeah, it's cool. I, I, I'm embracing it as best I can. I mean, the thing that I mm-hmm. haven't really even. It's not that I haven't thought about it. I just don't know what to do really is going back to doing stand-up and mm-hmm. like i'm just like i feel like all my material is burned like existed in a different world you know and i had like a 10-year call it a career in parentheses leading up to the pandemic uh and i feel like i don't know i'm just i'm very like uh am I still a comic is like my thought all the time. Like, I don't know anymore. Like I, I, I think, I think not right now, but, um, yeah. I think it's up to it's you, weird. you know, like, I don't, I don't, I think that I would call you a comic, but you're, you're, uh, when I, Oh, this is my, my, my comedian friend, Matt, in hibernation. as much as you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're hibernating from 11 AM every day. I'm just, <laughs> when, when I come up for air, um, <laughs> it is, I would refer to you as a comedian for sure. It's just what I think whatever you want it. These are things I believe that are more in our own heads than are in. Yeah. Nobody was waiting for my next show so much. Nobody was waiting for my next show and my next show will be like, Oh yeah, I saw you a while ago. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I forgot. Nobody gives a shit. No one cares about it. No, no one cares about anything. Everyone cares about everything. It's I, th- that's the biggest t- thing for me now is I don't understand. It's trying to get out of your head and just trust yeah. your instincts of you think, oh, I, I, I shouldn't post this Instagram real thing because it's it's only going to get X amount of views. And is that even worth it? Or should I post this material before I put it out to be paid. And I I think the moment I think no one cares, I'll get a text message and someone will be like, why'd you, Oh, oh, that's crazy that you did this. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) And then the moment that I think, you know, no one cares. It's like, 
that'll be confirmed where it's like, oh, no, actually, there's a million people out there who haven't heard of you. There's a, there's people who have heard of you. It's yeah, yeah, I think there's no one answer. What uh, what it, what has been going on with you that way? Because I know you were you filmed and scrapped a special, right? I did. I've been very busy scrapping my special. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I have. I'm going to just to eliminate any echo. Open. This is going to sound very strange, Matt. I'm okay. going to walk two feet over and open up my closet door, which is filled with Philadelphia Eagles clothes, which <laughs> absorbs the echo. I've bought so much shit that it actually serves as a, uh, it's your a sound, sound reinforcement. device. Yeah, okay. exactly. I, I, it'll take two seconds. Okay. <laughs> so dumb <laughs> so this is and and it sounds a million times better yeah geez. um to me again matt this is this is I, I was in a little literal echo chamber of my own thoughts and it's <laughs> does it sound different who knows it sounds amazing so, now i think you you are definitely you. uh you know the poster child for the more eagles clothes you have the better mm-hmm. your sound your podcast can sound i think is is the the lesson I, I agree. And you caught me at a good time because it's getting colder out here. We're recording this in December. So I now have a lot of uh, yarn based clothes and uh, you know yeah. insulated jackets that absorb the sound much better than, say, a mesh jersey, if that makes <laughs> sense, which I wear in the summertime. <laughs> right. You, you've switched out your gear to the I winter box. Yeah. The summer gear wouldn't do as much for the sound for sure. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> so this is, I'm glad, I'm glad this worked out so well. What, <laughs> what have I been doing? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gearing up to sh- reshoot it. The special in, uh, late February and uh, the details on that are still coming together, but I'm as a comedian. So first of all, to, to catch you up, I guess, is <clears throat> I, I shot this thing yeah, what in, happened? yeah, so I shot it in um, Charleston, South Carolina, and it didn't come out the way that I wanted it to. And I think part of it was, you know, some technical issues and some of it was, you know, biting off then not funding it in a way where there were enough people f- to cover all of the things that could go wrong, if that Hmm. makes sense, where, um, you know, it was a low budget thing I was funding myself. So there were shortcuts. One of the camera persons was my sister who does not know how to work those, but (laughs) it's funny, oddly her shot was incredible somehow. So I don't know. It's (laughs) so, so who knows, but it was, it was good, but it wasn't, this is my first special that I'm going to release. And, I also, in addition to the technical difficulties, I was not as sharp as I could have been because it was, what was this, November 2021? And I think Omicron or some variant, maybe it was Delta, was around the corner. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wanted to plan my prep around not getting COVID because if I did get it, I would lose all the money before the special. So it was very strange balance of, I had a lot of ums and ahs and Hmm. now it's interesting. I, it's kind of the opposite issue that you were just talking about of, Oh, your material from before is from a specific world. And now you don't feel like it applies anymore where then I had COVID material Mm -hmm. And by the time the thing was going to come out, people were so sick of 
COVID and don't want to admit that it was, that it's like around. So there, that was oddly dated in a strange way. So, uh, Hmm. yeah, I ended up using, I'm using some of the clips that I'm not going to, uh, from jokes that I'm not going to use on the new one on social media, which has been, is productive and worth some sort of money that I spent on it. And, uh, and now I'm approaching it where, the prep that I'm putting into it is it's like a pain in the ass, but I've become mm-hmm. a much better, I'm using it as an opportunity to become a better comedian, not just a better spec not just creating a better special. So right, right. yeah, cutting out ums and ahs and there's a lot of fat on jokes where it's, it takes more work to cut that out. But yeah. I think before I would be, Oh, I, I'm, I'm telling a story. So there would be just so much, scene setting and exposition where it's like yo you can just go just tell the story get to the funny part you know and be a human being about it make it a real thing but um yeah so a lot of it right now is i'm doing more road dates than i ever have Mm -hmm. headlining more and hopefully it I, i feel really good about it and confident about it heading into the the winter when i finally shoot it did you uh so you used the the failed attempt basically to edit your, your jokes significantly too, and be like, okay, now I've learned when I do my special next time, when it's, when I'm actually Mm going to put it out, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And like, that's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Well, well said it's, and I'm not just saying this as someone who, you know, is like violently shaking, uh, while saying with rage while saying like, no, 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 it was a learning experience. Like I would have loved to have learned these lessons without spending the money I did. I I think if I was to spend this amount of money on a comedy class to teach me these lessons, I would have wanted a discount on it. But I do (laughs) think that, and, and honestly, actually all joking aside, I do think it, would, it was being a little too expensive, the class, but the amount of lessons that I've learned for the money that I spent trying to shoot the first one yeah. have been so important yeah. and learning about how to instruct the venue of, I think mm. sometimes, and I've seen this with other people's things, uh, other people's shoots where a venue may not want to throw someone out because right. they feel like they're interrupting the special or they don't. And it's coming from a really, really good place, but you know, yeah. you can instruct, Hey, if someone's a problem, it's okay. I would rather pause, get them yanked, you know, and then go back into it. And, yeah, yeah. and there's, why would they know that they're not in the special business? They're in the yeah. live business. So that's a lesson. And then, learning what did you have to yank somebody in your special i should have yeah it was a problem and (laughs) (laughs) there's actually it's the most viewed uh (laughs) clip i've ever put out online which is not saying much but it was so there was a a girl there where it was her i think she had just turned 30 and i forgot that charleston is a really big drinking city like huge booze city and she comes in and matt you're gonna be like yo how many how many clues do you need before you solve the case blake but she comes in she's wearing a sash so strike strike strikes one two and three already yeah Yeah. and it says dirty 30 in it on it strike four 
and <laughs> she is just shit face. Strike five buys a bottle, like comes in with a bottle, is just drinking a bottle of wine in her seat. Strike six and is chatty before the show. Oh, no. Strike seven and I'm doing one of my bits, and she yelled out. Like, I, I did the punchline. It did well. And then she screamed. Like, the punchline something to do with the word daddy. And she screams, daddy! Like, and interrupts the next part of the joke that I'm doing. Yeah. And I had to tell her that, hey, like, just so you know, um, I think that we're at, like, uh, we have a misunderstanding. Because you think tonight's about you. And I know it's about me. Yeah. So I think we, I just need you to be a little quiet. And I, I was very, very nice with her. And um, then she was just chatty throughout the show, but I didn't want to, at that point, I knew that the, well, actually, you know, th- no, that was my fault. Cause I should have paused it and had her thrown out and I didn't do that. And they didn't yank her out either. So that's something where I thought that I could ignore it. And because the mics weren't picking her up, I knew that. Right. Yeah. But also just because the special wasn't picking it up doesn't mean my performance wasn't affected. And right. it definitely right. made me not as smooth as I'd like to be because I was also doing <laughs> the math of how much money I was potentially going oh to lose. And, and also you know, the way the color, I, I chose this really cool backdrop. That was, was one of the reasons why I chose the theater that we shot mm-hmm. it in. And the backdrop is really cool, vibrant, like, like fuchsias and light yeah. blues and uh, greens. It was a really cool background, very eye grabbing where I wanted yeah. when people watch the special to be like, that's Blake Wexler special that yeah, yeah, shot yeah. at this theater. <clears throat> and it ended up being so eye-catching and colorful that it made it almost impossible to color the special yeah yeah. and it was so there's just like learning things where Mm -hmm. just just like we talked about earlier i wasn't just a stand-up that night i was also a color specialist i had to be you know like that part of producing is knowing all those things so Mm -hmm. you know i was in over my head a little bit with that but um yeah it's just I think that I learned a bunch of things from that. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm just thinking of the many shows we've done that have gone <laughs> off the rails just because people are there doing crazy shit. And it's just like, God, if that yes. happened in your special, you right then, like you, like it's over, you know, like it's, it's, yeah really hard to come back from like why would you go on your 30th birthday get shit face drunk and go to a comedy club who think why do people do that like do you have any like it doesn't let's, happen let's in other let's try to performances like concerts i get it at a concert like nobody can hear you and you can scream it's encouraged sports events yeah get hammered mm-hmm. scream but like you wouldn't go to broadway and get yes. hammered and scream at the actors. So why do you like, I don't get it. I, I, I think you hit it on the head where people are conf- conflating a stand-up comedy show where they think it's closer to a concert, like a rock show where in reality it's closer to theater or going to see a movie, I think is also it. Right. Where you yeah. wouldn't get fall down drunk 
and go see a movie. That's crazy. That's crazy. And it's even crazier where at least, you know, if you go unless see a movie. Unless it's a concert Bennett, movie. Yet, unless it's a concert movie. And, and even then, it's barely justifiable. You got to take the, the foot off the gas at some point. But it's, and also on a human level, they can see you. And you can't, your, your alcoholism <laughs> cannot be uh, drowned out by the sound of the music or other things yeah. because it's just someone talking and pausing and pacing what they're pacing. So it's just, you can't hide is the thing. That. Dude, I, I had someone, I don't know what they do. It's crazy. I had someone, um, she was not, this was, this was almost <laughs> the most upsetting more upsetting than someone screaming out. But I was doing a string of shows in Denver at this place called the Denver uh, Comedy Lounge, which is an awesome venue. And it was the final. I I, I think I did two show, one show Thursday, two Friday, and then three shows on sat on Saturday. And I've never done three headlining sets in a night before. Yeah. And I like. I'm stone sober. I, I don't know. Did I do this joke on the previous show? Did I do it on the <laughs> show before that? Like I, I just was really working very hard to make sure I was putting on a, a good show. And yeah. I looked to my left and this woman was in loving my act the whole time, front row to my left. And then I'm doing my act. And then I turn and she's just face down on, on the table. I'm like, Oh, she's, she's so, and then she's being carried out. And I didn't want to be me because she wasn't disruptive. She was just completely lost control of her alcohol intake. And they, they were like carrying her to the bathroom. And I was, I was not mean. I I think I just said, we all see it. (laughs) We all see it. (laughs) Let's just, let's just move focus and, let's just let it happen. <laughs> we all see it. And then I'm like, all right, I just, for her health, I hope she's being taken care of. And then 15 minutes later, I'm still doing my goddamn set. And then I start to see her coming back into the audience and I go, Oh no, 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 no. You don't get to come back. You don't get to, you, you have to stay outside. I'm sorry. You can't come back. It's, it's crazy. She loved your act so much. That's all she wanted. She was to see it through. Yeah, I don't know what that. She, it, maybe it was my turns of phrase that are better appreciated after you had three bottles of wine. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's so weird. I I I haven't thought about this honestly in like decades. Mm-hmm. But you reminded me when I was in college, like a freshman in college, mm-hmm. uh, the theater that was like ten minutes away. This was up like up near Lehigh University, yeah. right? So there yeah. was a theater out there in the middle of nowhere somewhere. And they were supposedly having uh, a like midnight showing of Pink Floyd's "The Wall," right? So, hmm. me and our me and my friends, we got just crazy, crazy. I don't even know what we were doing, but drugs and yeah. preparing to go see Pink Floyd's "The Wall." We're like eighteen, nineteen years old in a theater. I'm like, this is gonna be great. Somehow we got there. I don't remember how but we were completely just out of our gourds by the time it was to go to the movies. But, you know, it, we didn't, we barely had the internet. Like if you wanted to use the internet, you had to go to the library mm-hmm. and check the internet. So somebody had like the wrong listing for the newspaper or whatever with the theater listings. Oh, and no. so it wasn't the wall. It was Rocky horror. <laughs> oh and, no. And <laughs> now 
I was ne- I never saw Rocky Horror before that, and my only experience with it was that, and I, I don't think I've seen it since because it was insane, like the wrong vibe, <laughs> right? <laughs> totally the wrong vibe. Not, not what you needed to see that evening. <laughs> oh my god! So I can't imagine. Like if people think they're going to a concert and they end up Mm -hmm. in a comedy show and they just start, they just can't take it. Like I have to yell. I have to repeat the punchline. It's like, have you never seen a comedy special before? Yes. Or is it that people like, they want to be the heckler that gets the, the video or it's just, I don't know. It's the craziest. It's it's a great question. And also, you know, not in being verbally, abused it, there's worse <laughs> things <laughs> to happen to you but there yeah. are some comedians and i think every comedian almost every comedian has this capability to be incredibly mean to an audience member yeah. i have made a very focused as much as i want to, it, it's it's happened but i try not to do it there yeah. are comedians where that's their thing and their superpower is being incredibly mean and cutting to an audience member. So it's almost like watching, you know, those videos when like a child falls into like a lion's den at the zoo. <laughs> it's but it's a drunk person at a comedy show with, you know, one of these like insult comics on stage and they're like, wow, I'm going to heckle. And then they just get devoured. It's, you know, those are theoretically fun to watch, but even that's like, oh, gee, it's, it's just a, a lose-lose for everyone. The audience doesn't want to see it. The rest of the audience, shows yeah. are expensive. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> people don't pay to listen to a, it's a, a drunk it's a, audience member. It's a bummer, man. I had to learn, <clears throat> as you do, like you have to learn how to deal with hecklers and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I did it was so, I, I handled it completely the wrong way, which is I engaged the person like right away. But right. I couldn't not because it was at the comedy store and mm-hmm. that room, the, the main room there is mm-hmm. so big and just random people come in there. And it was like, it was not during the boom. It was like 2012 or something like, yeah, yeah. It was dark. Like, and they would have like those 50 comic shows. You get like three minutes and you don't know when you're going. It was a bringer. It was like a total, totally a, a, one of those shitty bringers. Um, of course. And Crazy I was on Cindy? It. Uh, no, Never I don't mind. think that, it was that Cindy. Been, so I think that was the belly room. I think it was Matt Taylor. Okay. Uh, and by the I, way, that's how she she referred to herself. I Crazy wasn't Cindy. like, oh, mentally ill Susan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was either it was either Matt or this this guy, Martin. But... Either way, mm-hmm. like I didn't go on till one o'clock in the morning. So oh it God. was like crazy people. And there was a woman hammered in like this right in the front and she was wearing a tuxedo shirt and it just <sighs> made me giggle. But I was just like, mm-hmm. I only have three minutes and I'm going to mess with somebody as like a barely a comic yet. Like I, I just, right. I couldn't handle it. But doing a uh, comedy ahoy, <laughs> boy, that, mm-hmm. that gets you get you that gives quickly to understand like yeah (laughs) what to do oh god it's interesting those are some of my favorite shows the comedy ahoy shows and that i think helped teach me not not just there but you know like that but also that was the most enjoyable version of it is (laughs) you can't 
force something as a stand-up that isn't there where yeah. you can try to dig with an audience and you can pull something out of like, you know, pull a great show or a great set out of an unwilling audience. But yeah. if it's not there, you can't force an agenda where I would, I, and I still actually, I think I, I might've done this recently, but there are certain shows where, you know, if my goal would be, Oh, I want to film a clean set for mm-hmm. TV or something, you know, and you go up and you're supposed to go right into your act. Don't swear super tight. Don't riff. Don't be in the moment. Just material, material, material. Good night, everybody. And yeah. if you go on stage in front of a rowdy audience that only like you need to engage them yeah. either in a vague way of be like, wow, this is fucking wild tonight or something, you know, like just acknowledge that you see what the situation is or yeah. else you can't, you're not going to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish. So yeah, yeah I've made that mistake multiple times of, Oh, I'm going to film this, this cool clean thing in front of a rowdy crowd and they'll just listen. It's like, no, you yeah. don't get to do that. Not That's not it. happening tonight. <laughs> yeah. So what you just did was bomb and not have anything usable either way. So yeah. you might as well have fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I'm so bummed that happened at your special taping, but I think it's probably for the best. Like, um, it is. Yeah. I mean, for sure for the best. And that you get to use that material in, in, uh, you know, you can cut it up into 30 second clips, you know, and, and use, mm-hmm. use it. Uh, that's great. Um, did you see... And the uh, other stuff is better now, too. Like, yeah. like the, the stuff that I was going to do on it is, like, tighter, better. It's a better How far back are you going, or is this a whole new hour? Like, are you it's, summing up your career into this special? It, great question. It's, ever, it's my best of anything I've ever done. So, you know, I'm not going too far back because, luckily, I've advanced yeah. <laughs> in yeah. certain ways with my writing. But if there was a joke from... I don't know, like, like three years ago, like three and a half years ago, or I'm like, oh, I really like that joke. Like that'll be yeah. in there because my approach is at first I was thinking, oh, I, I need to have something I've never released before, but I've never released video before. Right. And also almost, even though I, I'm very fortunate where people have bought my album and people will listen to me on certain streaming platforms, you can say like almost no one knows who I am. And just like almost no one knows enter some of our favorite comedians, almost no one knows who they are. So I might, and they know me even less. So I want to put my best foot forward in this, where if people are seeing me for the first time, I want them to be like, Oh, this is the best version of Blake. And then that'll set me up hopefully going forward. Yeah. I mean, the way I think about it is, is one coming from, somewhat related from a music standpoint like Mm -hmm, for sure you're not pissed if you see a song if you see a band do a song you know like that's Mm -hmm. that's you like the song and you know i kind of feel the same way about comedy like if it's a good joke and i know it i don't care like i want to see you do it again like Mm -hmm. you have tons of jokes like that that like i don't care how many times i've seen you do it i i want to see it again like the so I think people hold it too dear, like their, their material as if everybody's seen it already. Like if you take the, the group of people who have never seen it, that's who you're going for. And then it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And then the smaller group of people who might've heard your records before. Right. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's thousands of people, like 
they maybe probably don't remember your record verbatim unless they're a super comedy fan and they'd be like, oh yeah, I remember that joke. But like, it's probably evolved because you're a better writer now. Um, right, right. You know, no, there's no loss is what I'm saying in pulling mm-hmm. old material when this is your first special, I think. And like, I've been trying to think about like with music too, like my friends that are like musicians that couldn't, that never like broke out or whatever. They'll... Mm-hmm they'll not re-record songs that they're much better at playing now because they put it on a record six years ago or whatever and be like, dude, make a new version of it. Like, of course it, like you yeah. don't have to live, like it, it, it's okay. Like this is art, right? So I think you're making mm-hmm. a, I think it's awesome. And I can't wait to, Oh, thanks. To see whatever it is that you, you do. Where are you going to shoot this one? This will be in, uh, right now we're, we're trying to, uh, nothing's like official yet, but it looks like I'm doing it in the Midwest, which I'm excited about because, um, it's, it's interesting. I, and I think there's plenty of road comics who incredibly have great perspective when they perform in LA and I hate blanket statements about LA when people say like, Oh, LA people are this. It's well, yeah. no one's from the LA people are from New York. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. it's LA people are from Philly and Boston and Chicago. So yeah, it's, yeah. but one thing that did happen to me in LA and it's because I didn't do the road a lot when I lived there is I didn't have a perspective often hmm. on how other areas of the country feel about certain things. And that doesn't mean that you have to change your politics or change your material, but it's being conscious that, Oh, other people may not feel this same way as I do about certain things. So it's mint. uh, It's mint. I don't know what that fucking accent that was. It's mint. (laughs) (laughs) Mint chocolate chip, but it's meant a lot to me to, you know, getting ready for this thing, I've I'll be in Boston coming up, and then in Bethlehem yeah. in um the in the Lehigh Valley next During weekend Christmas? Vermont. How beautiful! I I'm yeah, if you think I didn't plan it that way, you're out of your mind. <laughs> and I'm very I'm performing in a manger, and then <laughs> it's a seven <laughs> it's a seven seater. So uh, <laughs> BYOC, bring your own camel, and I am. You know, I've also paid tested in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and I don't know what Murr I've is. Like, that's so funny. I loved it, though. And I've, like, also, you know, on the other side, <laughs> I've... <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> There's just a baby crying throughout my entire show. Like, what the fuck is that thing? <laughs> Who brought a lamb, honestly? Oh, Christ. The Lamb of God tour. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, uh, but yeah, no, I've been, I've been testing it. Like, you know, I just named a bunch of Northeast places, but I, I ran it in Texas and was just in Asheville and, you know, did a room in Tennessee. So it's meant a lot to me to, Tr- like try this shit around the country and just yeah yeah be aware of yeah it's been cooler i haven't really changed much and how big is the room anything. you're shooting is it theater it's a theater you said so what like how many people 
Uh, well, the first one I shot was in a theater. It was a smaller theater. I think it was only like a hundred seater. This one, I okay. think it, this will be a comedy club. So where we're looking at, mm. it'll probably be between like 200 to 250, I think. And we're shooting multiple shows this time, which okay. is also a lesson learned from the first yeah. one where... Yeah, take the pressure off. Yeah, and hopefully we can just use one and yeah. maybe use a pickup from another one. But it's... You know, if, if I can't accomplish this thing in two or three shows, then maybe the thing shouldn't be filmed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe I'm so, not. Maybe I can't do this job. Um, yeah, it's like, oh, maybe uh, I, I should have taken the hint from the first one. <laughs> but that, that fucking woman, you know, comes out for her 31st birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back, daddy. <laughs> 31 with a gun. It's like, oh, no. God. Um, You'll yeah, kick them out at this point. Um, oh, this point. I, I dragged them out myself. <laughs> so it was interesting. I thought Danny Jollis's last two specials were basically obviously edited. Like mm-hmm. definitely, mm-hmm. These are, they're in different places. I thought that was pretty cool. And then his yeah. new one with the way he did it with the like pick your own joke. Also. So cool. Oh, amazing. Uh, you know, edited and nobody cares it was cool so it's like i think you Mm -hmm. can do it regardless and it just it's it's more of like a pressure thing like if you know when i talked to him about his special yeah when i talked to him did i talk to him maybe like right around i don't know when we talked about his special um he was just saying like you know uh they shot six different nights i guess for that that one that was in Mm -hmm. the different uh uh, don't tell shops. Location, yeah. Yeah. The different locations. And he was like, you know, once he got the joke on night two, he was free. Like mm-hmm. he had, the, he was like, once he had five of the six jokes in the can, he knew he only had to get the one like, and, and it just freed up all the, all the shows. So that, that's really cool. That'd I'm like the best case worst case scenario for the poor people who have to edit this thing is if i nail it the first night which means that i have multiple shows to fuck off and do whatever i want that's that's when there might be uh yeah maybe so i was gonna say oh maybe we can release multiple but i mean obviously that's silly but my uh there's a comedian named chad daniels who do you know who who's incredible yeah and chad just shot two specials in one night where he had like 45 minutes of material left over from the one that he just shot. And then he wrote another 45 or to fit to an hour. And he filmed both of them, two completely different hours, one take for each show in one night. And he just did it, I think like two (coughs) nights ago and he's unbelievable. He's, and he's an interesting comic where, he lives not only does he not live in new york or nashville or la he lives not even in minneapolis he lives like three hours north of minneapolis in minnesota and he's one of the most prolific comedians does he have a local spot how's he pull that off he's he's on the road a lot and he does have acme comedy club in minneapolis which is one of the best comedy clubs in the country but i think he just works his ass off on the road and writes his ass off at home um and he's great and to your point it's i think a special is whatever the hell 
you want it to be now where Danny, yeah. what a cool, I, I, I have so much respect for him for what he did with, with yeah. both of them. Yeah. Have, yeah. have multiple locations. You want to choose yeah. your own adventure? What a brilliant, so dope. Yeah. Brilliantly cool thing. Yeah. And you have like, years ago, Chelsea Peretti had dogs sitting in chairs in her audience <laughs> where she'd do cutaways and you'd expect a person <laughs> laughing. And it was like a poodle. <laughs> like, it was, killed me. I thought it was so funny. That's amazing. And, <laughs> Rory, <laughs> Rory Scovel did um, completely improvised hours that he released, where yeah. uh, which is incredibly impressive too. So yeah. yeah, I think that classic structure. I love it, but it doesn't. Neil Brennan's three mics yeah. special. It's yeah. th- there's just so many cool things you could do now. So did you see Neil yeah, Brennan's new that? one with blocks? Yeah, I loved it. I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think he's great. He was great. I was. I, I thought of that when you said the background in yours was so crazy colored. Yeah. How simple mm-hmm. his was. It was. It was really cool. And then Genius. at the end, when it turned into his profile, like, mm-hmm. holy shit! Like the way that? he rearranged the objects. And yeah. Yeah. It was so, so. Why not add in a cool thing like that? A yeah. cool through line. It's. Yeah. Yeah. He did. That's really cool. He's incredible. I mean, uh, there's been. I think. Um my take on, on comedy through the pandemic is we're just, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not that we're through it, but I think in most parts of the world, besides Los Angeles, it was over (laughs) about eight or nine months ago, like officially for everybody. And in some places more than that, like a year and a half, people just stopped giving a shit. Yeah. Some people (laughs) just never gave a shit. Um, but comedy definitely took a hit for that year, I think. And the stuff that, I thought was coming out was like, Oh boy, should have worked on this longer to your point. Like you've had another year or so or months, how many, like eight months or so to Mm -hmm. work on this and it's all going to be better as a result, you know? And I think we all probably got caught up in that, especially year Louis CK kind of trap, you know, which is, it's interesting. It depends on what you want it to be. I think is, I think it's, oh, is this my, my body, my whole body of work, you know, is this, is this just what I've written and how good I am from writing new stuff in a year? Mm. And, and I think that could be interesting too, is if that's the pattern where, okay, I know that comedian X did all of this in a year. This is impressive considering it was a year. You know, or right, right. if it's like, eh, you know, actually, I don't mm. care about releasing yeah, a thing every year. Yeah, yeah I want it yeah. to be great. I, I want it to be as good as possible, and then I'll move on from it. Yeah. So that'll take two and a half years or whatever it is. Like, I think that's great too. Yeah, I don't think it matters anymore. Um, I really liked um, Ali Wong's special. Like, I, I never really saw her before, and she had a, a, a special come out. Mm-hmm. So good. It was so good. I forget which one it was, the newest one, but I, I never really saw her before. She was great. But um She's unbelievable. It's it, it has been really I think weird for for so many things, but for comedy for sure. Um Yeah, it's weird that we've lived through this, don't you think? Like I've I've found nothing changed for me. No, I'm kidding. I've there's been no discernible difference in in my life uh, in the past two years, three years. But yeah, no, it is. 
it's it's a multiple things where there are some positives from it where it's given me some perspective of being having been doing it starting so young when I started when I was 16 and then kind of doing it not for a living obviously initially but doing it consistently for what is it like 16 17 years now that I would get caught in habits that because you're on the hamster wheel of doing stand-up and trying to create a career I didn't have time to step back and review and do an audit of is what I'm doing, is it what, I, what I'm what i supposed to be doing? Is it what's making me happy? Is it what's making me a better comedian? And I think from not being able to do it for so long because of COVID, I then realized, wait, why am I trying to emulate this comedian? And, and, and not, not their material, but the way that they're like, oh, the I must get... Yeah, like, oh, I must get just for laughs and then I will get the half hour comedy special and then I will get the one hour comedy special. You know, like it's yeah, yeah. it's 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 this is the biggest thing I think I've taken away. Now this career could not be less linear. And right. I think before it was supposed to be a very defined what I just said, a yeah. showcase spot, a late night show, special sitcom blah 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 big tour and now it's oh you could get a pod massively successful podcast and then tour off that you could be a you know a a comedy club touring comedian that Mm -hmm. nobody's heard of but you know you make good money and you have your diehard fan base you could do corporate stand-up and be I make a lot of money, like so much money doing that. And then yeah. maybe you get your creative kicks from a different, you know, medium. Yeah. So yeah. there's just so many ways to go about it now. It's kind of hard to Are you to psyched focus. that you moved to Philly and that you're like based out of Philly now? I've loved it. We're, we are actually, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that going, we're planning on moving to New York in the spring. Oh no, really? Um, because yes, and I've loved it here because it's given me a chance to almost re reset after a year or actually however long I wasn't doing stand up where yeah. I wasn't trying to also be seen and have like people even even something as small as someone who books another show be like, Oh, I don't like didn't seem that sharp tonight, you know? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I hadn't done stand up in a year. So right, right. when we first started. Um it's kind of given me the perspective too, where I've grown up and become, I'm like 33 now. And since, I mean, since you and I saw each other last in person, I've like gotten married. I live yeah. in a house, you know, like yeah, I've accomplished yeah. thing X thing Y. Right. And it's interesting too, where, I I've noticed that since being married, like since, you know, having like a ring on my finger and like talking about being married, yeah, it could be in my head, but I, I've had other people say this to me where an audience tends to have more trust in you hmm. as a, I, I guess, particularly as a straight white guy where it's like, well, at least something can tolerate him. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, at least he's, he's not a complete sicko. Yeah. At this moment in time, you know, you almost have a, a, a co-signer on hmm. your 
personality, I guess, or your act. Uh, I mean, your, your personality, I guess, is your act. I'm kind of using as the same thing, which is probably something I should explore in therapy at some point. But <laughs> I, it's it's a good. It, it's been interesting for me too, where I, I do talk about being married, but I think also it does show that maybe even subconsciously to people, oh, this there is something to love about this neurotic fuck yeah. <laughs> in front of us. <laughs> Well, there's also like it, it creates, if you figure like most audiences are people on date nights, married people, mm-hmm. stuff like that, it creates this common bond that mm-hmm. people out on date night at a comedy club no longer have with a single person. That's a great point. Like, like you know, I always felt that way anyway about like being, you know, having, when I started my comedy career, mm-hmm. I was already married with kids, right? So yeah. like, I would see, now some comics get around it by being great comics regardless of their material. Of course. Even if they're, you know, single, you know, degenerate people, <laughs> right? Yes, so yes. like, but if the focus of the material was just about being single and degenerate, I would get lost. I would just kind of be like, man, mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. that's not what's funny necessarily, but it's like you get some legitimacy maybe to being, you know, a, a, an adult in the room and mm-hmm. probably just get some natural common bond with people that are like, okay, well, he's going to under, like understand my life a little. I don't know. Maybe that, that could be what you're feeling, I think, is like. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And the it's also when you're in that position you can still tell jokes of oh i remember when i was a degenerate yeah. here's a yeah. story of me being a degenerate but yeah. not anymore you know yeah. but which is <laughs> which is my redemption phrase yeah <laughs> not anymore not and anymore. i'll be selling that yeah those hats <laughs> but and and they're they're 30 gallon hats the they're big cowboy hats i'll be selling <laughs> not anymore across the, what is the, the, gallon, the underside of the brim. What is the gallon actually? Is that how much liquid the hat would hold? That's a great question. What is the actual amount of... Because <laughs> yeah, I said 30 gallon because I don't know what it actually is. I feel is like it that'd a be a huge hat. hat. Like, a, like a regular cowboy hat is a 10 gallon maybe? <laughs> 30 gallons. Be really heavy. <laughs> you know... <laughs> You know, with like new era hats, it's like, oh, I wear like a seven and one fourth yeah, or like yeah, an, yeah. like a seven and three quarters or whatever. It's like instead with cowboy hats, it's yeah. Can I get a, a two liter and see if that fits on top of my head, please? No. OK. Can, can I get a gallon and a half? Can we try that? Or it's a little big. For my son, can you uh, can you get him a four cups? I know all I know all the liquid units of measure. That's how we're doing hats now. Jesus yeah. Christ. How much liquid they can <laughs> Oh, my God. I, uh, so, wait, you're moving to New York? Yes. Okay. Wait, what did you say where? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say where or am no, I? No, I just, I'm, I'm back to you're moving mm-hmm. to New York. I, I'm, re- I'm yes. genuinely surprised, so I want to hear. So I'm a great guest in that I, I give one word <laughs> answers and then I ask you to repeat the question. <laughs> yes. It's. Yes. Can you repeat the question? (laughs) Yeah, I've, I've loved living here and I've been very fortunate in, you know, the the reason why we didn't move right away is that 
I started doing some podcasts and some work with the Eagles, which was, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a journey that like you, you helped made me aware of the fact that they were looking to do some comedy stuff. And, yeah. um, that's been a dream that I didn't realize could even be a dream to work with your childhood. I, I joked about my clothes earlier, but that's a very real thing. And, <laughs> Uh, financial uh, malpractice (laughs) that I participate (laughs) in, but I, um, which I have a hold of now, but um, yeah, that was a really cool thing. And then also we life stuff, my now wife and I are both from here. So it made sense to, geez, are we going to try to move while we're getting married and, you know, while we're like planning a honeymoon. And I think, well, Philly is the best, and I, I definitely want to wind up here at some point permanently. Yeah. But I think I can, or I'd like to move to a city where my stand-up ceiling is a little bit higher, and I feel hmm. more challenged also, okay. where and not that there's a million funny people here. Yeah. I think that, and, and like incredible, some of the funniest people in the world live in Philadelphia. Yeah. I think it's the approaching it like a job is what I'm looking forward to and Mm. then seeing what happens from there. But also, you know, like I'm an hour, I'll be an hour and a half away from Philly and I'm, I have always wanted to live in New York. So So I think in the city, in the city you're going, we will go to the city initially. And then I don't know what this change in tone I just had was, but (laughs) I believe because we also want to start a, you know, like we're we're getting older. Like I want to have kids at some point and I don't want to raise kids in fucking New York city. So we might, you know, go out to the suburbs hopefully would be, Hmm. would be the plan, but not so far that if I have a set in the city, I won't be like, Oh God, I can't because there's, that city is so weird where yeah. I remember when I go out the visit, I want to put a bunch of shows together and it's, Hey, Oh, I have two shows in Brooklyn, but they're 40 minutes away from one another. How the hell is that possible? So there's, yeah. and then it's, Oh, I, I would be visiting a friend and they live in North Jersey and it takes them 15 minutes to get to the world trade center stop. So it's, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll figure it out, but I, I feel good about it. Yeah. I mean that, that, it's weird that, uh, for whatever reason, the, the scenes do have that, that sort of feel, which is like, mm-hmm. I wonder if it's, there's a lot of funny people, but there's not, I don't know how to put it. Like there was a period of time, I think here, and maybe it's still this way, but it doesn't, it's hard for me to tell really. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a little detached from it, but. Like, it seems like L.A. definitely took a hit, a big hit with the pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. The shows are still good, but, like, not like there right before the pandemic ended. I mean, there there was basically every comedy club in Los Angeles was packed with amazing shows every single night of the week. Like, top to bottom, three rooms at the comedy store, the the what's the other one the uh laugh factory the, or the improv. laugh factory the mm-hmm. improv uh plus all the bar shows that were going on all at once like it was insane i don't think it's that way here and there would i don't think be a time when philly or or a lot of other 
even mm-hmm. somewhat large cities would have that same kind of like, holy shit going on. But New York will. It's it's interesting. I, I'm not sure about L.A. just because I haven't been there since the pandemic, but I've heard people say very similar uh, sentiments to what you just said. And it's interesting. I think with Philly, it's... I believe the shows, there's less obviously in Philly than there are in New York, but I think the shows are much better. Mm. And I believe what makes me want to move to New York is that the fact that they're to New York is the fact that there are so many comedians. It means I've said this about LA before. I've said this about New York before all the best comedians in the world live there. And so do all of the worst ones. So you have this (laughs) like crazy it's yeah. Once you get out of the muck of it, you are surrounded by these comedians where it's like, ah, fuck. Like I got to follow this. Like, how do I follow this person? And, and what tricks have I seen people do that I can, you know, try to learn from. And I think with Philly, it's, this city I'm almost talking like a proud uncle or father (laughs) or something has become such an amazing stand-up city where the there's these new shows by uh like they they happen at bars but the way they run them is they have they find the perfect room above a bar you know where there's no um cross talk or any of that so it's called next in line comedy and they run these amazing shows and basically just off philly talent alone put on these amazing shows where i think the top 15 here here's blake pulling numbers out of his ass but i think i'm (laughs) going to believe in what i'm about to say i believe the top 15 comedians in philly for like a 15 minute set can compete with the best comedians in any city. I believe that. But I, yeah. but the problem is that because New York is so close in proximity, they bolt, you know, or right. they, or they bolt to LA once they get those, yeah, um, yeah. once they get that 15 minutes. So there yeah. isn't a, the next people in the pecking order, you know, like it, right, it, right. the people, the first 15 generally, eight will leave and then you got to fill those eight spots. So yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know if I'm making any goddamn sense. Yeah, at all, that makes sense. It's a smaller yeah. pool, even though it's a mm-hmm. big, and the, the, there's still talent, but it's just, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking thousands of people instead of tens right. of thousands trying to do that. Yeah. Exactly. 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 Thank you. F- thank you for throwing me that lifeline because I was about to drown. And, but now you, you have helium, which is one of the best clubs in yeah. the country, if not yeah. the best. And yeah. you have the punchline, which is now a massive venue here. Yep. And there are a ton of really cool shows, you know, in the suburbs and Lehigh Valley. And it, yeah. it's really interesting. And it, they're also very easy for New York comics to get to too. So yeah, I, I have a feeling, I, I know there'll be times where now I'm doing a show and I'm like, oh God, like I don't, I just want to go and leave, you know, and I, I'll yeah. take these audiences for granted and then I'll be up in New York in front of three people and <laughs> while I'm grinding my ass off, I'll be yeah. like, oh God, this, these three pieces of shit. I wish I was back in Philly. So I yeah. know that I'll yeah. feel both ways, but yeah, I think it depends on what you, what you want. So have I, you I lived think in New goal, York to do comedy before. Have I ever moved there? Yeah. Have you ever lived in comedy to do that? 
No, never. And that's one of the reasons why I want to do it. I've never lived there. Yeah. I've done stand up there like a million times, but never yeah, but you didn't a, stay and live there and do the three shows a night walking around all that kind of comedy. Correct. Staple stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, then, and, then that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's worth a try. And, you know, it, it's not like things for me in L.A. or here where like, my God, if something doesn't change, I'm, de- I'm a dead man, <laughs> you know, or yeah, like yeah, things, yeah. things have been going well, but I'm like, oh, like, let's see if I can raise the the ceiling a little bit. You know, I, New York is so interesting to me. I, I uh, It's such a cool place. The last time I was there, I think it, it had to be before the pandemic because mm-hmm. I was there. So it must have been before the <laughs> pandemic. Um, and I was... I don't even remember why I was there, but I was walking. I wanted to walk downtown through the park and go to the comedy cellar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just cause I'd never been there. I was like, I gotta, I gotta go check this place out. And on the walk to, this is to your point on the walk, mm-hmm. they were shooting an episode of uh, Pete Holmes show crashing. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bill Burr was shooting that night. And so he was on the street shooting, you know, they were, they were like in between, takes or whatever mm-hmm. said hi to bill burr i was like hey i'm gonna go down to the the comedy cellar and you know he was he's he's always the best he's always just the, the sweetest dude all right all right dude yeah. I, I gotta go shoot now all right take care I'll see you you know good luck yeah you know um but uh i went in there and then right around the corner is another one so like i was like holy shit man this is a different this is very very different it's not even like you wouldn't have to work hard to get three or four sets in a night. Like, you know, as long as you're in with, you know, in with people and you can get in and go, go up and do sets. But I can see the power of that. And, and I think the, that is the reason that people elevate out of there. It's like Mm -hmm. reps, close audiences, hard audiences, uh, audiences that don't take any shit. Like you gotta be good. You gotta have your shit together. You gotta be quick, you know? Um, so I think that's going to be awesome for you, actually. Like, that'll be Thank really you. fun. I, yeah. I, I hope so. That's the plan. And I also do, this is an odd thing to fixate on, but I do think there's something to be said, too, about not having to drive yeah. from show to show because the travel, for, say if you're, you know, you're doing a set in one part of the city in New York and then you do the other one, like you hop on the subway and for 20 minutes, you can be in your head preparing for the next set yeah, where yeah. if you're driving in LA, it's, I can't rear end this idiot yeah, in front yeah. of me or like, it is a more active, oh, your yeah. brain has to be more active on that. And I think also for me, I'm at my funniest when there's like external, stimuli like coming at me at all times where I am your mind's constantly thinking about people and about your surroundings and your world where I'll speak for myself when I'm in a car I'm just in my car you know I'm not making an observation of look at this maniac over there or (laughs) I wonder why this person's listening to this or oh there's a song I just heard that I've never heard before what's that about you know it's yeah, it's. I, I think there's something about being the, the energy of what's around you can. Yeah, I mean, w- watch me just like go into a coma because there's just too much going on. 
But I think that matters. I think that helps. Do the cars honk all the time? Are they going to honk yeah. all the time? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's fucking loud. It's loud here. No one told me it would be loud. It's loud. <laughs> it is loud there. Like it's very it's a, loud. It's a loud city, Like, but it, it's like a white noise by the time you're there for a little while. It just, exactly. It just blends in, but uh, I, that's great. I mean, I think... Uh, Thank you. I think that'll be super fun. Um, I... I think when are you it's soon, right? You're going soon. Uh, we'll we'll see. Like the timing shifts, but you know, probably the spring. Hopefully, okay. you know, mid spring. So you'll, you'll be there through the the Eagles season, which is going amazingly well. It's going great. We we I, I think I went to my fourth game this year um, wow. on Sunday, and yeah, it's unreal. It's have, you've never seen them this good. Right? Well, the, the year they Even, won the Super Bowl. Yeah, but of, of, of course, of course. But even <laughs> then, there were doubts because Ca- when Carson doubts. got hurt that year, yeah, I was al- like, oh, there's no way. This is done. Yeah, I see what Thank you God mean. I was yeah. wrong. They, they, they're, they, were, they weren't quite as undeniable that year, I would say, mm-hmm. and, and had so many weapons. Uh, right. It was like Nick Foles could better execute the offense that was drawn up for them than Carson Wentz because he didn't really run around. Uh, yeah. And he just executed the playbook fairly effect, you know, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they weren't like as weapon, as weaponized as they are now. I mean, it's the, the receiving core, the, the running backs, they're like three deep on running backs that could kill you. They're like three or four it's deep crazy. On, on receivers that could kill you. Uh, the defensive line is insane. Yeah, they're 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 good. It's 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 fun to watch, yeah. and you know I think uh, when the teams are good, like when the Phillies this year in the World Series, when the teams are good, mm-hmm. is like the only time I really miss being there. You know. Uh, yes. I I was so bummed, so bummed when the Phillies didn't make it through the world series like that that was that was crushing uh it was an amazing story and, and i was glad i wasn't there because i was like oh man that that no hitter game what a nightmare to, oh, to witness my, my poor buddy he so i went to the game before that i went to the good one when the phillies won when we were up two one yeah. and was so yeah. clearly going to win the world series after that yeah and it was not to make you miss it here but it to I've never lived in the city because I grew up in the suburbs. So I would go into the city for when the Phillies won in 2008, I took the train back from college in Boston and went to the parade in Philly. And I, you know, would drive in as a kid to do stand up in the city, but I never actually lived in it and was surrounded by it 24 seven. And for that Phillies run was so much fun because they had no business doing it because they were bad at the end they were just they literally fell ass backwards into the playoffs it wasn't like they caught they were hot heading into (laughs) the postseason you know which some teams are like oh they caught fire at the right time it's like no they were terrible they were ice cold they won a game and then i think they were no hit the next night after they clinched the playoff spot by houston yeah i believe and crazy so but yeah, just being around and seeing like the the jerseys everywhere, and just seeing how happy everybody was. And yeah. there was one night where the 
undefeated Eagles were playing Houston while the Phillies were in the World Series. It was yeah. unreal. And then I think um, the Union were playing. Not, not that that's something yeah. like anyone gets too psyched about, but like you know, the <laughs> Union were playing for the MLS Cup yeah. on that Saturday. Every, yeah. It was really cool seeing the whole city in a almost manic, yeah. but an incredibly great mood. It was yeah. it was really really cool. It's crazy how sports does that to that city. Uh, yes, and w- we always joke about when the Eagles are on, uh, like Monday night or Sunday night, or you know the late games. Mm-hmm. Like this last, not this past game, but the game before that, it was Sunday night football, right? So it mm-hmm. was on at uh, eight thirty or something. It would have started yeah, five thirty or something. Yeah, and uh, by the time the game's over, we're like, holy shit, people are hammered. Like. Cause you know, they got to the parking lot like noon, 12 o'clock yeah. and started tailgating for that night game. And then just to, oh, it's, I remember when we used to go to the, to the games and we lived there mm-hmm. and the season tickets, like the night games. Oh my God. It's just a marathon. Like you just, it's such a long day, but yes, when they win, there's just nothing better. So like, all of the sports happening at once with the Phillies and stuff. It, it had to be so magic. And like, ha- I, I just marvel at how Bryce Harper came through mm-hmm. the game you were at. So that was the game you were at where he hit that home run. Just like unreal. Dude, like <laughs> it's, I would, I saw that same exact type of thing happen in LA when the Phil when Matt Stairs hit the home run, I was there. Oh, you were there Dodger for that? Oh yeah. my god! And it was the exact opposite. The whole place went dead, silent, and me and my wife were just like, "Yay!" Because <laughs> oh there was only god. about six Phillies fans in the stadium at the time. During playoffs, <laughs> the Dodgers fans show up. By the way, just FYI. Uh, yeah, of of course. It's usually Dude. like fifty fifty. Phillies Dodgers when you go during the season you I'm mm-hmm. sure you've been to those games like it's oh yeah of course easily 50 50 we that's what I thought it would still be it was not it was not at all like it know, was, they bring out the checkbooks for the uh for the for the playoff holy games for shit. sure but yeah Matt Stairs hitting that home run I was like god it was I like a moonshot too right yeah yeah I would have rather been at the Bryce Harper one with friendlies you know just like because that it was incredible to watch live so I think being in the stadium must have been one of the best sports moments in history. Really, it was it was so cool, and it's I, I've tried to make a point to bring myself back to the the joy of that moment without you know like thinking <laughs> about how they ended up losing. But yeah, it was it was also fun where that game was supposed to be on Halloween, and yeah. I remember showing up to the stadium, and then while we were in there, it got rained out, like the yeah. game never started. So the it was the first World Series game in Philadelphia since you know. 2009 or whenever it was so people were the people were so backed up (laughs) like excited for this game (laughs) and then they had to go home and then come back the next night and everyone was just so psyched and then it was i think they won six to nothing like it was kind of never in doubt which was fun it was enough in doubt where it wasn't a blowout where you were still like hanging on everything but yeah yeah it was really really fun and Alec Bohm hit one out who was the guy who said this is the most, this I think encapsulates Philadelphia more than uh, almost anything else where the guy who he made an error in the fa- earlier in the season and fans started booing him and you see you saw him say I fucking hate this place you know yeah. like mutter it and it, like live TV picked it up yeah. and 
then the next day he comes up to bat and the whole stadium gives him a standing ovation because everyone can relate yeah. who's from Philadelphia muttering, I fucking hate this place to themselves, <laughs> you know, at, at yeah. least multiple times a day. But you love the place, but you yeah. fucking hate this place. Yeah. So, yeah. So you really saw the one. game where they absolutely shelled the, the dude. They picked up his tail and they all crushed him, right? Yes, yes, yeah. And then the next game they got no hit. The next game they got no hit and I have a friend who flew in from massive, massive Phillies fan, um, very close friend, massive Philadelphia sports fan, flew in, was like, I want to see a World Series game in Philadelphia. Because you, you, you just don't know if you'll ever see another one. I think that's yeah. Yeah. a big approach to where that Eagles Super Bowl, <laughs> I, I'm like, I don't know if this is, A, I didn't know if it would ever happen. B, I don't know if it'll, it'll ever happen again. So I'm going to soak this the fuck up yeah, for yeah. the next five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nonstop. And yeah, um, yeah he, he had a similar approach. He flew in from LA, bought insanely priced tickets, yeah. went with his sister and watched the team. And it wasn't even a, a, a cool no hitter where it was yeah. one pitcher throwing it where you can be like, I was at the, you know, yeah. Justin Verlander no hitter. Nothing good, like, oh, yeah, nothing good and, about it. Yeah. No, like that lefty and three other guys that we won't remember pitched a no hitter. So yeah, it was a mess. It was crazy. It was a really yeah. fun time in Philly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh I think they were I think they'll be back in contention because mm-hmm. I think they had a really good time. Like that that was pretty evident that that's a pretty they're, they're having a good time. Like there there was some things they, they really need fun. to change. Like there was a lot like, and I don't get to watch a lot of baseball. So watching every game of a wild card, an LCS and the world series was really amazing for me. Yeah. Cause I don't get to sit and watch it, but it was like, we're watching the Phillies are in the world series. And, um, you know, as a former somewhat decent baseball player, it was mm-hmm. painful to watch so many of those guys not even get a hit through the world series. Like, yeah. Like I was like, how can you not get one single hit? Like not contribute. Like that the wind could unacceptable. Have yeah. Took one in a way where nobody was at. Yeah, it's yeah. really strange. But it's very strange. And my buddy was even telling me he's like Houston's pitching's unbelievable. There's no way the Phillies can win. I was like, I don't know. I think they're pretty scrappy with the bats, but uh they just it it like fell away there in the, in the world series for like, I think three or four of their, their starters didn't have hits, which is, yeah, just, just can't do that. Bryce cooled off and, yeah. but they were, I think they will be good going forward at that Trey Turner signing now, yeah. which just happened yesterday he was, was Dodgers, right? Yeah. And one of the best hitters in baseball, like, you yeah. know, for like, I think he hit three thirty like a year or two ago and, he wow. is 28 and I don't, you know, we don't need to think about when he's 38 at the end of that contract, but <laughs> he's, you know, inflation at that point, like a hundred, yeah. you know, $30 million a won't year. It'll matter. be like, no, it won't matter at all. So, but he turned down an, an additional 40 million from the Padres to go play with the Phillies. And that wouldn't happen if yeah. Bryce Harper wasn't here if the owner wasn't willing to shell out all that money. Yeah. And yeah. I, I always, I always want to give credit to the billionaires. You know this about me, Matt. And yeah. I, I think that they, they have it hard enough without yeah. our, our props. So credit to Mr. Middleton. And yeah. then also they were just a fun team. And I think that comes from Kyle Schwarber, who 
yeah. almost seemed like a Jason Kelsey sort, like a young Jason Kelsey sort of character for that yeah. team who yeah. was just like fun, you know, and Dude. like actually has a, has a really interesting personality and yeah. is self-deprecative and they yeah, were fun. It, that was, that was really, really fun. fun. Are you, so you said you were doing stuff with the Eagles. You're not doing stuff with the Eagles anymore. That I, I am. It's like a freelance thing. So it's, it's kind of when ever it comes up, whenever they think of me for something or I have a pitch that I think would work, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I've, I've talked to other people who, do a, a similar who work for sports teams where it's harder to do like uh i'll, I'll say like silly fun stuff mm. when the team's really good because oh. i think you do that when the team's okay because you don't want to do it when they suck either or else people are right. like i don't want to fucking watch this right, what's right, fun right. about this they suck oh, interesting yeah yeah so i think that they have so much um, by the way, this, this is not like information they're giving me. This is me extrapolating yeah, and like yeah. using information from other other people on other teams. But I think what happens is when a team's really, really good, you during the season, it's the, of the it's sports stuff that they want to do. It's, you yeah. know, highlights of dunks and three pointers or, you know, touchdowns or yeah. you know, goals. It's I think you have so much football stuff or so much basketball stuff when a team's really good. It's um it's tougher to produce more like non-sports related stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's still sports related because it's for the sports team, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I just, uh, I recorded it a long time ago and it came out over the uh, late summer. I th- um, was, there's this food podcast it's called feeding the birds where uh, I co-hosted that with Derek Gunn, who, do you remember him from Philly at all? He was like a, a long-term announcer, but uh, it was how, it was examining the intersection of football and food. So like hmm. Dick Vermeil owns a vineyard now. So Dick Vermeil was on the show, like, you know, talking about wine. And then there would be an episode that would be a family themed episode. So like Brandon Graham would come on with his wife and talk about stuff that oh, they nice. would cook for one another. So, and I would do like host a food debate with uh, Ross Tucker, who is uh, a former player and really great analyst and Colleen Wolf, who okay. is from Philly and um, amazing on the NFL network. So yeah, it was a really fun experience. So if there's another season of it. Like I would hope to do it again. And then, Cool. If I have a podcast that I'd like to do, you know, like I'll pitch a few ideas to them. We'll see what happens. But nice. uh, yeah, it, they've been so great to work with. And I've like been fortunate enough to get actual like, you know, lifelong friendships out of it, too, which yeah. is really cool. So, yeah. yeah, it's been it's been an amazing experience. That's cool. That's really cool. Uh, Thanks. Man. Yeah, I think I think. Uh, yeah, there's because we did. I guess it was a podcast, right? Like mm-hmm. a yeah. couple years yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. And that was like a pilot of, oh, I, I guess Blake knows what he's doing to an extent. <laughs> I'd <laughs> love know, to hear, like, I'd love to hear how that turned out. I'll send it to you. Yeah. yeah send I'll send it to, it to you That'd after awesome. this. Yeah. Um, I would love to do that. I wanted to ask you um, about your, uh, your whole getting married Mm-hmm. all of that shift. Cause that's a big, that's a big change, uh, that's, that's going on. So how's that, how's that been going for you? And your wife's amazing by the way. And she's always been, 
super oh, cool. I just you. think like you, you, uh, it was funny trying to, and this is just my perspective coming, mm-hmm. like trying to get you booked to do this thing, like months. I know how it goes planning shit. You're just like, yeah, in three months I have to do something. So I can't possibly book this right now. <laughs> You're just like, yeah. yeah, I know it is a giant pain. Like there's a lot going on. So I want to hear about, about that and how it's going. Yeah, no, I love, yeah, I'm so happy we've been able to catch up. Um, and it's been great. Yeah. She, and she obviously feel feelings mutual, uh, her to back to you, you know, like, um, we're both huge Matt Neal fans and, <laughs> oh, she, dude, you got, oh God, you're such a fucking saint for the listeners. Matt got us this throw blanket that is the most soft, comfortable blanket in the entire world. And I would love to read that text that I sent you the, the thank you text, because it was, I was flabbergasted with how soft this blanket was. And I love a soft blanket. It was such, it's such a good gift. And yeah, Julia, uh, by the way, this was, we must've gotten it like six months ago. And <laughs> Julia goes, Hey, uh, thank Neil. Uh, th- thank Matt Neil for the, uh, the really nice soft blanket that we just got. <laughs> I was like, I think we got this half a year ago, but I will thank you. That's him awesome. Again. Um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been great. It's kind of the same in that, you know, it doesn't change how we interact with each other really, but yeah. it changes, you know, there's more life planning stuff where now if I go out and buy an authentic Jalen Hurts jersey, it's, oh, can I afford to do <laughs> The groceries. <laughs> Can we eat? Can we afford to eat this week if I make this decision? Um, but no, it's 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 been great, and uh, yeah, just like closer with her family, and it is fun. I you met her in is, L.A. right? That's so she moved to L.A. We actually knew each other in high school, so oh, okay. we grew up together. Where we are from the same area. She was a year older and continues to be. And <laughs> um, we knew each other. I think starting in either middle school or early high school. Oh wow! And I then, don't think I knew like, that. yeah, yeah. And we we didn't date or anything. And then we reconnected when I was living in L.A. and I was doing shows in Philly. And we were friendly, like we weren't super close, but I would say we were friends. And then like she came to one of my shows and we ended up hitting it off and we ended up doing long distance for like a year and a half. And then she moved to L.A. And that's how that's how you where you met her. Yeah. And then. Yeah. So that's that's how that happened. Oh, cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. No, she's she's a good egg. I'm, I'm happy for you, man. That's that's super. Oh, fun. Thank you, dude. That, and um, I, I adore your wife and your kid, like she's, she's the, she's the best and cracks me up and is such a sweet person. And your kids are awesome too. So yeah, yeah. we, 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 we didn't fuck that up. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> got that. Good. We got that. All right. Yeah, are we you figured that one out? Are you, uh, do you get out to L? You even plan to come out to LA or is that part of your road plan at all? It's, it, I do plan to go out. It, it's interesting. It's not part of my road plan in that, I can't, and it's not, I will break even on stand up trips all the time, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's interesting. I wonder how much of this is like some sort of, I'm, I'm unpacking this in real time with you is like emotional baggage, but I do want to go out. The thing is, is when I go to a city, it's generally I'll headline there and make 
X amount of money that will sure. at least pay for the trip. But yeah. in LA that kind of doesn't exist. So, yeah. Um, I think you'd probably but, have to do like the same thing the Phillies do is like hit all the cities. Yeah. Like you'd have to, you know, I'd have to Sacramento, go to San, Diego. San Francisco, mm-hmm. on down the coast, Santa Barbara, LA, you know, yeah. hit them all to make it worth it. Yeah. And I, it's interesting. I, I, I like don't feel like doing that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean I wouldn't, but I, <laughs> I do. <laughs> it doesn't mean I won't want to do it. I just don't, it is literally what I just, I just don't feel like doing it right now, but I do really want to go to LA <laughs> and I mean, it was, it was my, you know, my home and I love all those places that you just mentioned, but I, you know, left during COVID and I had lived there for 10 years yeah. and it was my home. I had lived there. I'd spent like my whole adult life there basically. And I was not able to leave in the way that I would want to. And right. not that this is some whole, you know, like mental crisis, but I, I would have loved to have been able to, Oh, I'm going to go to my favorite restaurant and eat mm-hmm. there and have like mm-hmm. a big group get together at my favorite bar with all my friends. And, you know, Matt will be there and my friend PJ and my friend Georgia, but it was in peak. It was January. Yeah. Like 2021. Yeah. You escaped during the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so slipped out. Yeah. Yeah. All my like quote unquote farewells were in a park, you yeah. know, like, like 10 feet away from yeah the other person. So I think if I was to go out there, it would almost be more like a personal trip than it would be. Hmm. Con- I would do stand up, obviously. But yeah. I wonder if, you know, whenever the special comes out, if I can. It's interesting. I always try to justify a trip like that to have a career aspect to it mm. rather than just right. Like, it's like no, you can take a personal trip. You're a grown up. You're allowed to do things like that. Yeah, but yeah. You're, I think you're married now too. You can do I that. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I mean, another reason where I would have to justify it with um, no, but but she would want to come back to like we would go back together and uh, yeah, it's interesting. So to that was a four and a half hour answer to a very simple question. <laughs> I would love to come back and see everybody. I just don't feel like it. I just don't don't feel feel like going to Santa Barbara and driving (laughs) up to San Francisco (laughs) is what I don't feel like doing. (laughs) You know, in March, I drove up to San Francisco because you think it's okay. You're like, Mm -mm. yeah, it's, you know. And I realized that it's not okay and I'm not going to do it anymore. Like it is literally a 40 minute flight. And oh, yes, it's so much better. Like coming home, I was just like, why did, why, why, why did I do this? Why? It's not pretty. Like if you take the, no, the, it's not. the coast, if you take the coast and you have three days to do it, it's pretty. Yeah. But if you just want to get home and you're taking the five or the one Oh one, it's awful. Like there's Hideous. nothing, there's nothing good about, <laughs> about it. There's especially the five. <laughs> there is beef being slaughtered. <laughs> Is if if that's what you like, it's a great drive. And I've I've never done a drive before where the ETA you can you can get to San Francisco in um, three hours forty five minutes or twelve and a half hours. It depends on like depending on traffic. It's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it is an ugly ugly drive. I forgot about how bad that drive is. Yeah, it's it. I realized how bad it is the other this last time. I was like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. it's terrible. And, and uh, yeah, so I, I get that you're not wanting feeling 
like doing that. That totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're like able to afford to fly between cities, you know. Um, yeah, which would be fun. It's it's interesting. San Fran- uh, San Francisco less so, but it's it's almost the same problem with San Francisco. Where if I was to there's like a, maybe two or three clubs that I could make enough money to justify it at, yeah. you know, but, yeah. um, Portland, I could, it's funny to go to LA. I would have to fly. I would have to do the Pacific Northwest first and yeah. then stretch that money into uh, right. LA, which I, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit for comedic effect. I'm sure there's a way to do it, but, um, yeah, but I, w- I would love to go back. I miss it, and I don't know. It, it's a it kind of knocks you in the face when people will ask me coming from the East Coast, "Hey, well, what shows should I do in LA?" And there's maybe two or three that I used to do that are still around, and yeah. that doesn't mean they haven't been replaced, but yeah. by other shows. But yeah, yeah, it's weird. I, I that's the other thing is like I had this built in show every mm-hmm. two weeks, you know, and. My it was venue, near your place. The venue closed, <clears throat> and it's like, all right, I got to do that. I got to build that up again. Oh, crazy. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, so if the venue hadn't closed, I probably would have started it up again as soon as mm-hmm. the masking went away. And, in fact, I was talking to them, I want to say, like, three months before uh, I would have had a show and start up again. And they were like, yeah, cool. I booked it. It was all ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then there was a period where LA kept coming in and out of masking requirements. Yeah. Like they took them off for a week or two and then they put them back on. And so we canceled. And then like two weeks later, they were like, we can't stay open anymore. We got to close. And I was like, ah, bummer. I love that place. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry to yeah. hear that. Yeah. So that, it's like, there's a lot of, uh, to your point earlier about like putting barriers in front of yourself to do things mm-hmm. like, it's not the most uh, unachievable, but I, I now have to find a cool venue, cool owner, cool place within a certain proximity where I, I feel like putting that effort in again because it takes a while to build a show. Yeah. Um, I just passed like a couple, I don't know, time has no meaning, but a few months ago I drove past Verdugo Bar. Uh, uh-huh. And I was like, ah, oh, I love that place. I think I texted you. That's, well, that's what we, we talked. We texted about yes, that. <laughs> this is what it was. Because the maniac uh, during the show uh, that, that I oh. did there at the Verdugo Bar. And <clears throat> still w- the greatest. You should tell that story. You should tell that story because I, I was so uh, wrapped up in it. My perspective on it is not as clear because <laughs> I think I was on stage yeah. for the brunt of it. It was great. You were... I, I think maybe you were, ju- or you were up... Na- uh, oh, you were on stage, but you didn't take you didn't take the the haymaker from it where there was a guy who had rushed out. Okay, so to set the scene, I used to run a show, really fun show at a really fun bar called, uh, it was called Friendship Buddies was a show. Outdoor it before friend. it was cool. Outdoor before it was cool. Out, outdoor before it was medically uh, suggested <laughs> to do that. And <laughs> it was myself and my buddy Aaron Herzog ran it and also from Philly. And it was a cool outdoor show and it would get packed. It was a really fun show. And there was a guy, so it was out on the patio. You enter through the bar, you walk through the bar and then you get out to the patio and it's this fenced in nice area back there. So you're on stage and a comedian was on stage and then this guy rushes out and 
maybe Matt, you were maybe like, like fill in some things after I tell the story, but he, so comedians on stage, we hear a commotion from inside. It's a guy had not paid his tab. He was trying to run out on his tab and he runs outside and he goes, we just hear from inside like, Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. And he walks out and then he expects to just walk outside to get like away. And he walks into a, like a show with like 50 to 60 audience members staring at him and a comedian and the comedian turns to him and the guy goes, the guy's lit up and he goes, Oh no fucking comedy. <laughs> Fuck. Like he was so pissed off. And then he tried to like open up a gate in the back to get out, but it was locked. And he's like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. Like he's, he's looking for an escape route, but he can't find one. So he runs back. He goes, fucking comedy. Fuck you. Fuck comedy. And then he runs back through the bar and whoever's on is like, Jesus Christ. And then like they finish their set and then the next guy goes up. So this guy was not you, Matt, whoever this guy was. So the next comedian comes up and he's starting to do a set. And then <laughs> there's a pause in between his jokes where it was quiet. And then we hear this same man- maniac who sounds like he's like a hundred yards away. We just hear, ha, 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 very funny, funny comedian. So this dude is being heckled like <laughs> from outside the venue so he can't see the heckler the heckler can't hear what the comedian's saying back to him so the comedian was so fucked and it was devastating watching this comedian try to deal with it where the guy would like then get tripped up try to remember his joke and every single time you'd hear the maniac from a block away go funny comedian (laughs) it was like it was so crazy and the guy bombed it was horrible like there was nothing he could do about it but yeah that was that was my favorite heckle story i've ever seen yeah it was crazy i then i might like my memory of it i i remember it all but i don't remember maybe i was on when he came out to try to get out of the of the fence yes I might have been wrapping yes. up when he came out to try to get out of the fence. That's what, and I, then he, that's what I think it was. And then he disappeared in, and then we heard him later for whoever was on after me still. I think that's what it was because my vision, my memory of it was seeing mm-hmm. him slam into the fence in the back corner, like trying <laughs> that, to get out. So that's the, the only way would have been my perspective from on stage, seeing him try to escape. That's that's what it was. was. I I remember very clearly. I see you up there now. And it's interesting where normally ninety nine times out of a hundred, that would have been the worst of it, you know, where it would have been like Yeah. Did did you hear what Matt had to deal with? A guy like tried to break out of the building, you know, when he was on stage, but then no, it was the next guy who was so devastatingly heckled for his entire set from a man who was outside that yeah, it was like a sniper. I think that's why when they first started doing outdoor shows, people were like, oh my God, no, we can't do it outside. You People can heckle you from across the street. I can't do that. <laughs> There's no boundaries. I couldn't even see him. He could just be driving by and heckle. Fuck this. Weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Excuse me. Ugh. So funny. So what's next, man? Special, coming up a couple months, yeah? Yes. So... To prep for that, next week I am, so I'll just name dates whenever you want to release this. It is is perfectly fine with me. But I have, so I'm going to Vermont um, December 15th on a Thursday. Then 
December 17th. I'm in Bethlehem. And these are all headlining dates. Then Helium, paid I'm doing... Mer. Paid in Myrrh. Doing what? Getting paid in Myrrh. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Getting paid in Myrrh, which is my chosen <laughs> currency. And um, I'm doing Helium November... or I'm sorry, January 5th. Uh, headlining that. That's my home club. Then the next weekend I'm in Boston and then I should have like be rounding out some more dates. But yeah, it's the most stand-up I've ever done and I've been, I've always recorded myself but I've never listened to it. (laughs) You know, I didn't, oh really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would hate listening to it. But now I'm seeing, oh, if you listen to it, you realize how much fat is on your act yeah. and you can cut it off. I'm really surprised at that actually, but that, but I'm, Thank I'm you for glad you're that. doing it now. Um, so when you, mm-hmm. mm, okay. So when you go to these, these gigs now warming up for the special, you're running what you hope to be the special every time. Yes. In the order until, yeah. I nail it the way I want it to. Cause there's okay. some certain tweaks that I'm making where it's, Oh, is this thematically, does this work here? Or mm. do I, is this joke to, can I follow this joke with this joke or should I actually move it down? Because if I do something that's too high energy, I need to come back with something, you know, just to yeah. order it the right way. And, So yeah, I'll do the same act, but this is the hardest part is the discipline of it is my favorite thing in the entire world is to riff and be in the moment and deconstruct what I'm doing in the moment (laughs) on stage. So when I'm trying to nail my process is nail the material. And then after that, you can also do the, you know, silly fun stuff. So my problem is sometimes I like to play uh, on stage rather than get the work done first. Right, so right. the work needs to be done at some point and then the playing can also happen, but yeah. I do need to get that work done. And there is a time frame in which I have time. Like I'm, I'm not worried about accomplishing that. I know I'll do it, but I yeah. just need to stay disciplined. So yes. And then if I'm doing a bunch of shows there, like sometimes I'll let myself, you know, I, I can't help myself. Like I'll riff with the crowd and do that yeah. sort of thing. Cause that's, you know, I don't want to handcuff myself in that way either. So are you able to like, is, is helium your home club? Like you can go there, you could go do sets every day if you wanted. I do that more at the punchline, which is interesting Mm. because helium I'll headline punchline will, um, they've been really cool where Rachel over there has been incredibly supportive. So I can, if, I, I don't abuse this, but if I need like, oh shit, I haven't done stand up in enough time to be right. warmed up for something I want to do, I could say, hey, do you mind if I do a, a guest set or whatever on on mm-hmm. this show? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, listening to your sets is going to be huge. I, you know what I didn't realize is that you didn't have a special. No, because never. yeah, Just that's amazing. That's amazing because your albums are so iconic like so oh, good man, that's crazy and so thank like you. <laughs> no i mean it's really uh, honestly dude it's like so good um that means a lot and i think i just have seen you so much and heard mm-hmm. the jokes that the fact that you don't actually have a film special <laughs> is like oh yeah i guess that's true like you know like a, a formal really 
full real deal special. That's um, that's so fun that you're going to do that. I can't. Oh, wait. thank you. Yeah, that means Are you a doing lot the penny joke. Is did Penny make it into the greatest hits? Penny didn't. Oh, I haven't done joke. Penny in it. I gotta bring that back. It's such a good joke. I gotta bring that back. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Yeah, that's a that's good one. Great. That's one of my favorites. When you shoot, so you're sh- you're recording mm-hmm. four shows. Um, at least three. Okay. Yeah. Actually, no, probably four because I would do probably a Friday and Saturday. So yeah. And how many cameras are you gonna have? I believe one per show. No, uh, four, four, four for each show. Four for four. each show. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so this is going to be an editing. Uh, yeah, that's going to give you a lot to, to pick from. Three will be in the same exact place, and then one will be moving around, if that makes sense. So yeah. we'll have three, like, like pre, you know, uh, a wide, you know, like a, like straight on two on the elbow, like a, like a basketball court, two on the elbows. And then we'll have a fourth that we have to figure out what to do. But what, what's your favorite special visually that you've ever seen? That is a great question. I, you know what? I really love, maybe the material is uh, Eddie Pepitone's one of my favorite comedians in the Hmm. world and I know Stephen Fine Arts, who directed that, is so. Have you seen In Ruins? It's Eddie Pepitone's latest special. I don't think so, Matt. No. You would piss. You're gonna piss your pants. It is so up your alley. Watch it if you can. Watch it tonight. It's so okay. up your alley. It's like it's. Have you seen Eddie before? Like, do yeah. You, like, do you, do you know him a little bit? Yeah. He's. Yeah. It's so abs- it's like it's the best and <laughs> just visually it's shot in a small room. It was shot at um shit that theater near MacArthur Park, the Dynasty typewriter. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. it looks beautiful, you know, like the, the way the lights are and and also in the background it's kind of like a mess of books and stuff which yeah. represents yeah. Eddie. And it's a small room, but it feels like it's a massive theater, which is really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's a really, really cool one. What's what's yours? Ooh. I really liked. Um, I really liked. It's hard to say if it's because the material or not. Now that I think about the question, yeah. Um, I have a theory about comedy specials and I I don't know if it's real or not, but like Mm -hmm. I like less editing and um, some shots take me out of the, out of the show. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to like, I really liked Danny's special. Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked the way, uh, who was it? Well, Neil Brennan's we talked about. I thought that was phenomenal. Amazing. Um, yeah. I got to think about that. Um, you know, I really liked Chappelle's special where he's just sitting on a stool in, in the belly room. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. It was basically yeah. a one shot, you know. Um, yeah. He's so dynamic even sitting down. It's like, oh, they yeah. must have had eight cameras. It's like, no, it's... They kind of just, yeah, <laughs> it was one thing basically. You know what? You'll love this. So I, I, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about, um, 
when I go back and do stand up again, I think I'm going to use the stool more. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, like Mark Maron, I think effectively uses the stool quite well. Like he does, and I really, I was like, you know what? It's always fucking on stage, and it shouldn't just be to hold a drink. Like I, I think I'm going to yeah. sit on it. You know, like um, it's a chair. Yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. use it it's as sh- a chair. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Functional as a chair. I like that. I um, feel like that works for your energy too. I feel like yeah. that would be good. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. I re- yeah, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Go go. No, oh, you. I remember meeting Mark Marin was uh, in Boston when I was there. So this must have been like 2006, 2007, and I, I was a, I was a fan of his even back then. And I went up to him and I was like, um, "Hey, uh, why do you?" I, I asked him like, "Oh, why do you use the stool in the way that you use it?" And he goes, it grounds me. And then like just went over to like his next conversation. I'm like, all right, it grounds him. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's I've, I've fair. met Mark since then. He was very, very pleasant. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it, was is, very, it grounds a, me. Okay. He is an awesome dude. I think him. it was just because he was there a lot. I, I did a lot of shows with him at the, at the mm-hmm. comedy store. And uh, always just a super nice guy. And just he would do the circuit all the time. Right. So he would yeah. do all three rooms. And like if I did a mm-hmm. show in the belly room with him, then I would go watch him in the main room and then watch him again in the original room. And he'd do three That's different awesome. sets. And you're just like, this is insane how good he is. He's he awesome. Is. I'll never forget. I did uh, a belly room show there once and I had friends like fly in, which was crazy. They flew That's in and awesome. surprised me that they were there. So like, they were, you know, in that room, how there's seats like right in front of the stage and then there's seats mm-hmm. along the edge where you walk on stage. Yeah. So that's where they were sitting and I had no idea that they were there. So like as I'm walking on stage, they're like, hey, dude. And I was just like, oh, my God, holy shit. Like <laughs> five or six people that I hadn't seen in months, like right before I go on stage. So <laughs> I go on stage. Everything's great. And then at those shows, they would always have drop ins. And it just mm-hmm. so happened to be that right after me was Mark Marin, And like after the show and, and a couple of the people were like parents, you know, yeah. who, who never been to LA, never been to a comedy show, but they knew who Mark Marin was. And like, uh, they came up to me afterwards, like, Oh my God, like you were like, you just did a show with Mark Marin. And I was just like, Oh yeah, I guess that appears to you. Like for <laughs> in some crazy universe, I'm on the same level as Mark Marin. That's so funny. But like, this is just how shows go here. Like, you know, I didn't open for Mark Marin because he was like, you know who I need opening for me? <laughs> it's just like, I mean, Matt, no. that's so funny. <laughs> and, and to have these people just, which was so sweet, because again, they don't know, but right before you're going on, surprise, it's like, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't, not right now. Just, yeah, that doesn't not, help me. Right. I don't need right. this. I don't need this right now. It's nice that you're here, but. Yeah. The thought yeah, was no, sweet. It was. It was awesome. Um, fuck, man. I know it's getting late for you. Um, and uh, I could. This has been a blast, dude. But uh, we can't let it be a year and a half. uh, Absolutely not. Again, until we do this. But uh, man, it's so good to see you and so good to catch up. And I'm so excited for you. If you have anything like you want me to like look over before your Mm -hmm. your special or like send me recordings of of your prep sets or something. I appreciate that. I'd love to help break it down because like. I definitely have like a, uh, I don't know, like a good editing capability, I think. 
Yeah. From like, yeah, from you have a great mind for stuff like that, for sure. Like where to cut, and and especially if you're if you're doing that work, I mean, you're gonna do it naturally just by listening, and getting ready for this. But like, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's hard to get out of your own get out of your own head on that stuff. But um, yeah, to get perspective, absolutely. And then I'm gonna send you that um that Eagles podcast uh, pilot also yeah, that for you to listen to too. Of course. So this was next a blast, couple months. I got all your dates. Uh, I'll put some links out there and uh, thank you and all that stuff. I think this will go up this week. Um, cool. Probably Friday. So getting the dates in there will be good. Hopefully people can come out and uh, I don't know, man, it's always good to catch up. I, I, I feel like we're, uh, you know, it doesn't matter where, where you're living. It's always cool to, to see. You. And, and uh, if I'm back there, or in New York in the next couple months, I'll come check it out. But I'm excited for you, dude. It's going to be yeah, cool. Yeah, please, please do. And I, I feel like, yeah, the way you're so good at hosting this show, I feel like I literally am in there uh, in your studio with you. So, yeah, dude, this was this was <laughs> the best catching up, and I, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Yeah, dude. All right, brother. Be good. I'll talk to good you Good luck soon. with the uh, recording, and, uh, yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Spider-Man.